0: Welcome to the Light Bears Institute podcast, where we seek to improve biblical literacy by discussing key storylines and themes in scripture. So, welcome back to our Light Bears podcast on Old Testament Survey. Uh, this is Brett Art with Light Fayetteville, and we're continuing the walkthrough of the Old Testament. And to help us do that, we have Christ Community's own Dustin McGowan, and he's going to break down the often overlooked minor prophets. Uh, Dustin has by far covered the most books we've done so far this semester with nine. And those books are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. And, uh, obviously that's, uh, that's a lot. We we can't cover all those in this, uh, limited podcast, but we do want to dive a little deeper. And, um, so Dustin, um, from, uh, from Chicago, Uh, Milwaukee area. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You live at our our apartments in Fayetteville. Give me a brief, uh, something about yourself.
1: Uh, Yes, Brett. Thanks for having me. It's a blessing to be here. Um, Sorry if my voice sounds a little strange. I'm a little sick still, Uh, but God is good. Anyways. Uh, Yeah. um, I've been here in Fayetteville about a year and a half. I moved from the Chicago area, northern Chicago suburbs, um, where we lived for ten years, went to school, met my wife, had my two boys, uh, Micah and Malachi, who, were from minor the, who are minor prophets. Who are minor prophets? They themselves are not minor prophets, but they are named after minor prophets. <clears throat> and so, uh, yes, yeah, it's just been good being here. It's a huge change of pace and uh, culture. So a little, and, little and, smaller and, in Chicago. Looks well, a little bit. Looks a little bit. A little <laughs> less to do, but you know, a lot of good people. And so, it's been a blessing to be here to be serving here building relationships in this community has been
0: it's been great well uh let's we'll we'll go ahead and dive in man um i know with uh with the minor prophets and, and i think it's relatively fair to assume for a lot of believers and i'll say this for myself these books can be intimidating um and as a result a lot of believers don't read them um but you've obviously taught on these why would you say as a believer why should we read the minor prophets
1: yeah, I, I think the minor prophets are very important and one of the most important um um sections of the old testament scripture. And I think that is because God is really communicating his heart um through the prophets. He is communicating to the people what is grieving him, um how his heart has been broken, and he's communicating also the hope that he Um, has for them and their futures and what he um, longs for and plans to do for them. Um, The minor prophets um, really give us a glimpse into the reality that God is serious about sin um, and he will act on it. Um, But he also um, is loving to his people and will provide a way back for them. And uh, the, the, the tension that we have when we see the minor prophets is that we struggle with it um, because the minor prophets are written very poetically and, uh, and it's a, a ancient poetic form. And so, and this is poetry mixed with a lot of judgment talk. God is serious. God is upset. God is angry. <clears throat> and uh, we, we, we approach it and it is intimidating to us. Um, and so in, instead of us trying to dig deeper and figure out why that is, uh, we run away. Um, but I think the minor prophets is a blessing to us that if we really take some time, take a step back, and really um, peel back the layers of the minor prophets, we really see God's heart um, and really see some real um, teaching. Uh, moments for us and how we can connect with God and better and be more faithful to him.
0: Yeah. You, uh, one of the things I liked when you you taught for us, you, you kind of talked about what a prophet is and, and why, um, why the minor prophets were, were necessary at that point in, in Israel's history. So talk a little bit about that of, of what is a prophet and, and why were they needed at this point in history?
1: Yeah. Um, even before that, I, I want to make the distinction between, um, uh foretelling and forthtelling, um this is a point that I made when I spoke at, um to the to the large group uh we think about the term prophet, and we really think only in this idea of predicting the future, things that will come uh things that uh um, God is saying will come down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And we really see it in, we, we think about prophet as equal to the term psychic. Right, right. Uh, strictly yeah. a predictor of the future. And that's not what God is wanting us to see. That's not what he has ordained for the office. Um, but it's more, there's two senses of the word prophet. There's foretelling and there's foretelling. And so foretell is to give this peak or this glimpse of to what is going to happen in the future. God is communicating this will happen. I will do this. And some of the aspects of that are speaking to Israel's future hope, but there's also messianic um, aspects of that too. My, my The Savior will come and he will do this. He'll be faithful in this way. He will um, bring this about. Um, but that's uh, less than a quarter of, uh, if even that, of uh, prophetic um, writings. Um, but ma- the majority of it is forth telling and forth telling is proclamation. And so it's preaching, um, speaking on behalf of God, what thus says the Lord, What does the Lord have to say now in this time for this people kind of like what, uh, your pastor or minister, or whoever does on the Sunday, um, um, On Sunday, he's doing preaching in a sermon Is he is doing forth telling. He is proclaiming and declaring the word of the Lord. And that is what prophets are doing. And so um, the the role comes in because one, there is this removal of God. He, He takes his spirit away. Um from people, but there's also people claiming to speak on behalf of the Lord, knowing what the Lord has to say about these things, about what direction He's giving his people, what is happening, and God comes in the Pentateuch and he tells them that I will send people who will speak um on my behalf um and will um communicate the things that I have to say. And where the people are going, where I am leading them. And there will be four telling aspects of that as well. And he gives them a way to know um, if that prophet can be trusted or believed. And he says if the prophet... Um, prophesies or says something and it does not come to pass as they said it, then that person is a false prophet and that person should be removed from among you stoned or, um, or you know, punished for that. That person is not of, of the Lord, but whatever the Lord speaks and declares will come to pass. Um, and so that's how the Lord has set up the office and a purpose um, that he has given it. And so a lot of the people that we come in contact with um, in the Old Testament um, operate in prophetic office um, to some degree, um, starting with um, Moses um, and down the line. Most of the major characters um, operate and function in some sort of um, prophetic, you know. Um,
0: that's that's helpful, man, as, as far as the, the, the foretelling, the foretelling. Uh, um, even for me, I mean, I, I remember you saying that uh, as far as understanding if that makes sense. Uh, um, but anyway, I, I agree. We've had a lot of students who have, who have think of that. The office of prophet is more of a Cleo, Miss Cleo, uh, fortune teller, but that brings, that brings a lot of insight and helps us better understand these books, which is great. Um, so why wh- why, um, why the minor prophets, why are they called the minor prophets? We've, we've covered Isaiah, uh, why? <laughs> Is this is this because of their role their importance uh why the minor prophets these these nine books
1: um it's because they really don't matter no I'm just kidding uh, <laughs>
0: no uh, the reason
1: that they're called minor prophets is simply because they are um, more brief in writing and length Small. than those of um who had who had the passion and desire and the the <laughs> the unction from the Lord the unction from the Lord to write long drawn out uh um prophets prophecies from the lord and so the minor prophets are simply shorter in nature versus isaiah jeremiah ezekiel um or isaiah you know as longer um
0: narratives of uh, what the lord is communicating to his people and that's we bring that question up simply because we we we've had a few students wonder uh why are they called the minor prophets is that because their message isn't as important. And obviously that's, that's not the case. And so simply as you put, they're shorter, uh, like Obadiah, uh, I think, and you, you correct me if I'm, wrong, I think that's the shortest book in the old Testament. And so, um, if you're listening students, it's, it's not because they're less important. It's because they're short.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so they're brief, but they're heavy. Yeah. Absolutely. On truth. Yeah. And absolutely. so do not, uh, read over it because, or skip it because you don't think mm-hmm. it, um, has substance. But it is, it is, you know, saturated and heavy in substance and a very um, brief writing. You
0: can get knocked
1: off your seat with the amount of, uh, with the
0: weightiness of what God is saying. To that point a little bit of, uh, of the weightiness of it, I know you talked on this and obviously we can't, um, uh, we don't have time to, to go through each, each of the nine minor prophets that you covered. But, but as far as the weightiness of that, the themes of some of these books, um, I mean what what are as, as you've taught in these before as you have studied what are some of the themes uh that show up in these books uh in in the minor prophets
1: um the primary things that we see um consistently um is that God um, above all else values um justice and righteousness and that those who um do not uphold that standard um will be judged for not doing so and so we see consistently through the narrative of scripture that god is calling to his people that he is looking for those who would be faithful who would be uphold righteousness and justice and um he is condemning those for not doing so we also see The fact that God is communicating that his wrath, his anger is not everlasting, but his love is everlasting. And uh, that's important for us, um, for not just only as we process gospel truths, but as we apply those to the context of our lives, that we know that you know we sin and we God becomes angry um but God's wrath is not you know uh, everlasting but it is also it is always chased and followed um by his love and his grace and he makes a way back home for us and so those are two primary things that we see um is that God values justice and righteousness and he can cond- and he judges those who don't live that way but that his anger and his wrath is not, you know,
0: everlasting. That's good, man. That's good stuff. Um, so two, two of your sons are named after the minor prophets. What, uh, of the nine, do you have a favorite or or one or two favorites? Uh, and and then why, what, why that book as opposed to the other? Um, I actually
1: have three favorites and, uh, I know you want one or two, but no, man, that's great. I'm going to give you three. Um, Hosea, Um, is one of my favorites, um, because God really in Hosea communicates his deep love and affection for his people. That is not, um, just a God who is Lord over and who looms over, who, um, is looking down, but he communicates in Hosea that he has, uh, desire for deep intimacy with his people, and so in calling uh, the prophet Hosea to marry the harlot Gomer, he demonstrates for us the fact that he uh, um is deeply grieved by what happens. In the same way that uh, Hosea feels betrayed and left and abandoned by Gomer as she pursues her other lovers um, and rejects his love um, is the same way that God feels times 10 Mm -hmm. for the fact that he's our creator. He has provided and sustained us and we have shunned him and has pursued other lovers. Um, And God, you know, we see this not only in Hosea, but in other, in other prophets as well, that God makes this statement. And it's one that is communicated in this tone of heartbrokenness, and he says, "I was a husband for them, yeah. very really intimate, intimate very, yeah. yeah, very intimate." Saying that is how deeply and how intimately I have known you and loved you, the way that a husband loves his wife or wife loves um, her husband, and um, when the intimacy is that close, and, and um, uh, then the heartbreak is is all the more great. And so God is communicating that in Hosea. And I also really like uh, Jonah because we really see in Jonah that God has uh, a great heart for the nations and that it is not solely focused on the nation of Israel but he has desired for them to be a witness to the nations um, because he values them and longs for um, all the people of the world um, just as much. Um, But we also see in Jonah that we see um, the reality of unresolved conflict, um, which I think is important for us because we struggle to sit in those tensions. We see this prophet Jonah, who um, has uh, an issue with the scandal of God's grace, (laughs) that God is loving enough to save anyone who would come back to him. And that does not sit right with Jonah. He doesn't believe that that's just of God. And it is the just and loving nature of God that causes him to flee it is not his wrath it is not mm-hmm. his anger it is not any of those aspects of god's yeah, character but he is upset with god because god is loving and merciful um and the thing in jonah is that we that that tension is never resolved
0: yeah it ends it is a little the,
1: yeah, yeah the the prophet the the writing ends and we still see jonah um acting like a child mm-hmm. um pouting Um, he hasn't repented. He hasn't turned away from his sin. Um, he's, he's basically had this sort of, um, false or fake faux repentance in the belly of the fish. Um, and he, and he reluctantly goes and does what God tells him to do. But even after they repent, he is upset about the fact that they repent and turn away. Um, and, um, we see that the page is in and we never know what happens to Jonah. We never know if he turned, you know, you know, comes around. Um, and, and I think that's important for us because we struggle in life um, with various issues. Yeah. And sometimes a lot of things are unresolved um, when we die with those things being unresolved. Right. Um, and that, and that's prayers that we have for people that we love um, for them to be able to, to come to the light, that's prayers for personal struggles that we have, mm-hmm. um, that we wrestle with for life, um, and um, those things aren't unresolved. That um, that points to Jonah points to the future hope of the gospel, that um, um, that there is an eternal hope that God will resolve all things, and even if in our um, finite existence those things don't come to pass or that those things aren't fully realized that the hope of the gospel is that God um brings all those things full circle Amen. eventually that's good and good lastly <laughs> uh um this is Micah and this is the why I named my son um um after this book uh is because God communicates in Micah that he most values justice and righteousness. And a lot of times we we think of justice and righteousness as being at two different terms, but they are the same word often in the Hebrew. And what God is saying is that he cares not only for what we claim with our mouths to profess, but he cares what we do and how we treat people. And we find in Micah that God is very angry and very upset with people who have lived unjustly, particularly towards their neighbors, that they've done the the ceremonial um religious aspects of their faith um their performances in front of people um but when it comes down to the practical ins and outs of life they have failed for their actions to match their profession and God is angry about that and he, he simply says what does the lord require of thee but that you act justly love mercy and walk humbly with the lord your god and uh, it's a simple um um requirement from the Lord, but is one that we see right. throughout of all of scripture that man fails to stink at, to be right. faithful to and to uphold and so uh God um says he's angry about that, but the beautiful thing in jo- and Micah as well is that God says that one day he will write all these things um and that he will you know um solve. Um, The disputes of nations that, you know, men will take turn their swords and use them as pruning hooks and they will study war no more. That there will come a time where God's perfect justice and peace is realized on the earth. And that is a hope that we can look forward to. Um, And that gives us the ability to rest in the Lord, knowing that he will um, make all things new.
0: And that, I mean that right there, if, if any listeners wondering if they street read the minor prophets, those three books right there are, I mean, what, what a message for the church today and for us as believers, all of those, man. Um, well, thanks for coming. Thanks for, uh, walking half a mile to be here, man.
1: No, That's it fun. was, it's good. I'm, That's I'm, I'm, um, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to come and to share and to communicate, um, why God has given me a passion for these prophets and hopefully, um, um, you and the students um, since that and um, it encourages them to dive deeper Praise God yeah.
0: You've been listening to the Lightbears Institute podcast a production of Light Bears Ministries For more information visit lightbears.com